Welcome to This Is Life. I uh, hope you guys have had a wonderful week. Here we are again, another Friday episode of uh, This Is Life. And uh, today is going to be kind of an interim because we've had a part one and a part two with Jessica discussing and talking uh, just about a mother's battle with have with the childhood cancer. When, uh, of course, Aria at just a young age was diagnosed with the kidney, the, the kidney cancer and, and, and the chemotherapy and all of the things that had to go along with that. And if you haven't caught up on those episodes, I highly recommend you go do so. Uh, just because it's, it's going to be something that challenges us all. I, I think it's not only does it put life in a perspective of saying, you know what, we got to cherish every single day. You know, we, it shouldn't just take a sick child to get us to think of that, you know, like we should be thoughtful and, and mindful and appreciative of every day, regardless. However, these kinds of these circumstances just make it really, you know, let's take a look at our lives and just be like, how can we be a better influence? How can we be more, you know, a, a shining light in people's lives? You know, when you're looking at a little girl who is literally suffering a life challenging and eventually life ending disease. And then she can still be that source of strength and light and love, not just only for her family and friends, but strangers and nurses and doctors and everything in between. And that's really been just the motivation one of the, one of many motivations of why this story is so important to share. So of course we had Jessica in one and two. Now Jessica is not in the room with me. Uh, she, we're still working on scheduling, getting her in. Uh, we all kind of work all full time jobs and sometimes it's, a little bit more difficult, but I wanted to, to have a perspective shared today that is a bit unusual, but I think it's just as important as a mother's perspective would be or a father's perspective would be. And that would be from somebody who literally chose to be involved. And this is, of course, CJ, who is now Jessica's current husband. Uh, but through the majority of Aria's illness and sickness, even from the time of diagnosis, uh, he was her boyfriend and he was her, and, and that sounds elementary, but I mean, they were, they were dating. They were, you know, had a committed relationship to one to another. And, you know, I, I put myself in his shoes and, and, and I'm thinking, man, if, well, how would, how would, how would I, re how would I respond to that? If I'm, you know, dating somebody and, and developing a relationship and, you know, if I'm even a young guy, I'm in my early twenties. 20s, you know, I, there's the, the world is my oyster, right? I mean, I you know, I can go out there and date and whatever. All of a sudden, I'm facing a decision to make. At least that's how it is in my mind. You know, there's this woman that I, I'm very much attracted to in all sorts of ways, physically, spiritually, emotionally. She gets me. I get her. We're in a relationship. You know, we've had our ups and downs, but yet we're still staying strong together. And then now I learned that her daughter has kidney cancer and I've having to just, you know, wow, that's pretty heavy. And so what motivates me to not only stick it out to be there for Aria, but also to be there for her mother, Jessica, for my girlfriend. And this oh, CJ, say hello. Hello. <laughs> All right. So uh, I guess, man, just kind of take me back, dude. Like, I want to know. We don't necessarily have to go way back to the time when you and Jessica started dating. I, I don't really think that's important, but I think that shortly before Aria was diagnosed, kind of just paint the picture from your perspective, your relationship with Aria, your relationship with Aria's you know, brother and sister, your relationship with Jessica, just kind of, uh, you know, for those who weren't around or weren't present, just kind of set, set yourself in, as a stage kind of where, you know, you are this time. Um, so prior to... 
the diagnosis. Um, Jessica and I had we had we had been off and on just a little bit. I had actually um, just accepted a position as a manager down in Kansas City um, about right, a year about prior to the diagnosis. And so I actually lived in Kansas City for a little bit away from um, from Aria, from Aiden, from Alyssa, and from Jessica. And in that time, there, I mean, I had a lot going on in my own personal life. Um, but the one consistent that was there was Jessica. Um, she was she was very supportive in the fact of of the new position and things like that. And so that just kind of in a way strengthened our relationship a little bit more. I would travel back, um, on the days that I had off to, to visit everybody, to visit her, spend time with her, spend time with the kids. Um, and you know, the, the kids have always been, have been a focal point, but, uh, to the, to the point that, you know, they have to, I have to treat it as, you know, well, they're not mine biologically. They're kind of a package deal with Jessica. Yes. Like if you love <laughs> Jessica, and I know Jessica obviously isn't anyone who's heard her, you know, talk on the show. I mean, her kids are her life, and then they, she, she's a wonderful mother, and she, you know, sees them as just a part of her. And so, you're right. Anybody who's going to choose to date her has to understand that the, that the kids are included with that. And even you know what's interesting about that is even the oldest daughter, which is Alyssa, which is is a, a child from a previous relationship, but you know J- Jessica, in fact, a previous previous relationship, but not even biologically Jessica's, but yet she took on the role of being Alyssa's mother because she was married to Alyssa's dad when Alyssa was really young, and so this is the really truly only quote mother that Jessica that Alyssa's ever known, and so you're right. So here you are. Um, you know, a young guy who just, you know, is trying to make his own way in the world. And, 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 and you got a position for in Kansas city, which is about an hour away for those who don't know. And, uh, so I, I guess that's true. I didn't really even think about that, but you're right at the time you were working in Kansas city and, and you are then therefore now in this committed relationship with somebody and they have their kids, I guess, kind of tell me, you know, we, let's talk about like your relationship with, with the kids uh, you know, specifically even Aria, like, because you know, I know that you and Aria seemed always really close to me, uh, and I, and it's sometimes so close to where she definitely had no problem telling you what her she was thinking of you. <laughs> that is very, very much so. Uh, <laughs> yeah, like she was very open and honest with with that. She she when she loved you, she loved you a lot. When she was mad at you, she was mad at you a lot. <laughs> yes, very very much. Um, Aria and I's relationship was. And she's almost like a best friend to me. Um, and as weird as that sounds, um, I never I never looked at Aria and thought, man, she is the daughter of another right. person. I looked at her and I said, you know, that's that's my yes. daughter. Well, and I get that. You know, and, my, my, and, yeah. I, and I share that responsibility right. with somebody else. So I I never once and and never have still to this day requested that um, the kids call me dad or anything like that because I don't want I don't want that I never wanted that but I wanted them to know that I was there your for father them. figure for them yes right um, should something happen or should they need somebody 
that I'm also somebody that they can come to. Right. Yeah, I, mean, I think that regardless of, of, of roles, I think, and even what you quote unquote call them, I think that that every child has to have. I know I, I've always believed that the 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 that a child can never have enough positive role models. You know, right? Uh, because we all, especially as adults, you know, for trying our best to, you know, to to be a strength and a light and inspiration in this world, the kids need that. And I, and I definitely know that, that, you know, it's funny you mentioned about how Arya in a lot of ways was, you know, uh, your, like one of your best friends. Like, what do you mean by that? Like, how how, how did that how, how, how did that relationship like it was always like that? It just kind of was always like that. Um, it was um, I remember when Arya was born and um, and so I've watched I had watched Arya grow up and stuff like that and always there um, and and when I had kind of put myself in a position to be more of a forefront uh, in their lives, it just kind of started growing stronger. That bond that we had, um, I don't, I don't know how to really explain. I do it. remember that. You're exactly right because I know, like, you know, I remember, like, uh, you know, for those of you who don't know, basically CJ, his his dad was uh, was the associate pastor when I was senior pastor of the church here. Mm-hmm. And so he kind of grew up in the church, and and uh, Jessica and her her now ex husband and the the family went here as well, while CJ was growing up in the church. And and I remember that you're right, even as even as when Ari was just a baby, and, and just even just a few just a one or two years old, there was a natural draw, you know, from and to you and her. And it was almost like it was almost like a God supernatural thing. It's like like God was already building your relationship. You know, even when she was really young, because God, you know, knew that eventually you were going to have a pivotal role in her life. And honestly, she was going to have a pivotal, important role in your life. And and you'd probably even argue maybe that might even be more the case. Yeah, you I, know? I, I would probably argue the <laughs> fact that she she had more of a role in my life than I than I had yeah. in hers. And she continues to this day to have a, a significant role. Well, tell in me, life. I guess let's talk a little bit about that. Like from your perspective, like how, and I don't mean to be all over the map here. We'll kind of get into some of the specific stories in a little bit, but I mean, I, I, when you somewhere to say, what, what did Aria mean to you? You know, I know what I would say. I know what my wife would say. You know, what my daughter would say, you know, we talked a little bit to Jessica, what she would say, but what is that to you? What was, how was Aria special to you? How was your relationship with her unique? What 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 did she, what did that bond that you had with her, even from a young age up until the time you were her, you know, for all intents and purposes, her stepdad? You know, what was that like? How did that you know? Uh, what was that like? She she meant the world to me, um, and and I can't again I can't really explain the 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 bond that we had to a to a T and what caused it but it was just like it was it was just natural um, that's a good way to put it it, it was it was natural you didn't there have was, to work out it right it right. it wasn't I there was no working it was it was just us and we could have fun was there ever a time and, that she and you just would hang out together so and, and I know we haven't gotten to 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 that place yet but there were there were multiple times where you know uh, Chris would be working or Jessica would be working and Aria needed to go somewhere. So I would I would watch Aria. I'd hang out with Aria. Um, I'd I'd be I was more than happy to to do that. And 
even so forth, just kind of, you know, maybe getting ahead just a little bit. I had nine months every day with her um, towards the end. Nine months. Straight. What do you, what do you mean? Uh, so I worked, I worked night shift when, so shortly after Jessica and I got married and we got back from, from our honeymoon, we, uh, we then found out that everything started going terminal. Right, like the, the, that was, was the turn of when things were starting to come. Prior, right. The nine months prior to that, I was working night shift because Aria couldn't be in school because she was immune compromised. Right. And there was nobody else that could watch her. And so I worked night shift and spent all day with her. So I'd spend all day, you know, watching TV. We'd cook, we'd play, we'd take mom drinks to work um and and things like that uh and then i'd go to work at night and so i had nine months straight of just the last the last few months of her life within the last year of her life that it was just me and her Mm. it was just a it was a dedicated time to 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 me and her i didn't know that it was and she what were some of the things you learned about her that you didn't even know (laughs) uh she loved she loved to give. She had about the most giving heart right. that you could ever, you can ever imagine. Um, I'd, I'd wake up in the, in the mornings. Um, I'd take a small nap. She was, she was old enough to where, you know, if we were in the same room, I could take a nap and I, I knew she would be okay. Or right. if she needed something, she would definitely be, uh, waking me up or something like that. Um, not to make it sound like I was neglectful in any way. You were always um, present. It's not like your house is right, right, huge. Right. I mean, you're literally feet away. Right. There was there was never a, a, a moment where I was not available. Right. Um, but she would wake up and she'd go, I made you, made you something. And she'd just show me her artwork and wow. and, and things like that. Do you, I have, did you do you keep did you keep any of her I have artwork? Every single piece that she's wow. ever done for me and it hangs was up there by my one nightstand. In particular that, that comes to your mind that is like if you're listening, like, oh, God forbid your house is on a fire or whatever, like you that you that you have to have this the, this before, you know. I have uh I have a painting that's framed from April of 2018. Uh, that would be just a few months prior to her death, and it was the it was the last painting that she did for me in the hospital. Wow! And it, she wrote her name on it. She wrote the date and everything, and it's framed. And I and I and I kept it at my desk at work. Um, and it means a lot to me. It means it, it means if something was to happen to that painting. Um, Something happened to your heart. I mean, it was, yes, it's a part it, of it, it would, it would, and and even the the next biggest thing is, um, I got to spend one one last Father's Day with her in 2018, and um, I didn't receive this gift until after after she had passed away. Um, Jessica gave me a painting that she insisted that she do for me for father's day. She, they'd already done one. The kids did one, um, themselves, uh, and, and gave it to me, but Aria wanted to do one separately. Mm. And I didn't know that. Um, and so Aria was very upset according to Jessica and the way that Jessica has relayed the, the, the picture to me 
that she did not get to finish that Father's Day present. And wow. so I still have that one and it hangs Like an up. unfinished. It's an unfinished piece of work. Wow. But in a way, though, I mean, think about that, though. I mean, how it's kind of art imitating life there. Yeah. You know, in, in a way, it's like her life was unfinished. We had no choice but to leave it unfinished. But in a way, that's kind of heartwarming because it shows you that she's still not finished loving you now, even though she's gone to be with the Lord. Yeah. You know, it's that, 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 that to me, I think that's the way it was supposed to be. Uh, you know, as far as the painting is concerned, it's like, it just, just continues to show just how she is just finding other ways to, to bless you, even though she's not here presently. Let's kind of go back to in the story to the night that Jessica found out that Aria uh, was diagnosed. Were you at the hospital at that I was. time? Um, like, did you have to, did, did you, were you there when she first took her or did you have to drive back in Kansas city or what happened? No, uh, so I had just recently prior to this, I had moved back to, um, to, to Topeka. Um, and actually Jessica and I were at that point, um, living together and we were, um, starting to, make uh, make the idea of um you know the forever future mm -hmm. uh, a possibility and so we were looking at houses and, and and things like that uh and now it probably a disclaimer my wife might tell you a little bit differently because i might be remembering things a bit differently okay. um but um to from what i remember jessica had had messaged me um the day the day that aria started feeling um, bad saying, you know, that her stomach was hurting and stuff like that. And I, and I asked her, I asked her what side she told me that Aria had pointed out to her, her right side that it was hurting. And I, and I told her because I had been through appendicitis when I was young that it sounded a lot like appendicitis, you know, her, her symptoms and things like that sounded like yeah, appendicitis. You don't think cancer at the time. No, no not that's for a three or four year not old. Not for a four year old. Yeah. Um, and so I, I, I asked her, you know, how, how she wanted to proceed. Does she want me to come, you know, come pick up Aria and, and you know, from school? And she said, no, school's almost over. We'll just kind of, kind of play it f from here. Um, we had scheduled with a realtor to go look at a house, um, that day. And so, you know, I, I asked her if she wanted to, to, to cancel. We, we ended up still going to look at the house. But it was, it was when leaving the house that it became very apparent that Aria needed to go to the hospital. Um, Jessica couldn't buckle Aria into her car seat. It was that painful mm. for her. Um, tears, just overwhelming. And so I left with her and we both went to the emergency room. And I was there. Uh, the entire time, um, I remember Aria, uh, it, it was, it was, it was a very scary experience for her. It was the first time, um, at least to, to my recollection that she had been to an emergency room where they were going to be, you know, the doctor's going to be coming in and out, taking, taking blood, you know, IVs and things like that, being stuck with needles. And so it was a very... It was a very overwhelming experience yeah, no because kidding. to hear a four-year-old cry 
yeah. is the most heartbreaking well, right. thing I you'll mean, ever hear. And the thing is, yeah, exactly right. Because you're like, uh, I mean, at that point, really, before any diagnosis or you know, severe diagnosis has been given, I mean, nobody likes to see their child in a hospital. Nobody likes to no. see a child. I don't even like giving my kid, you know, taking my kid to get her her shots. Right. You know, uh, I, I, geez, I didn't even like, you know, we uh, Iceland when my daughter, when she was six months old or seven months old, I think we decided to get her ears pierced, you know, so she kind of wouldn't remember and make it quick. And so we, we have a friend of ours who's a professional of that and, and I thought that was like the worst day ever, you know, because I'm sitting there about to cry, what have you. So you're right. I mean, seeing any child, especially a child that you love, having to just go through any kind of treatment pain, you know, that causes pain. And I think that's one of the things that I gained from Aria and a lot of the experiences is just, just her grit, you know, like her ability to... Yes, having the there's definitely no doubt that things were painful, that things were uncomfortable. Uh, she had to be put in situations, positions, and circumstances that would challenge any of our sanity. Uh, but yet, she never lost her ability to make other people smile. Never lost her desire to just to give to others and i think a lot of that uh, you know yes you, you can you can attribute some of that to just just the childlike you know love because i think as adults we can just get real jaded and and kind of become real cynical of, of people right and children just have this natural trusting for adults especially people that they love but i think especially in aria's case it was just much 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 more than that and I think, honestly, just like I told Jessica, I'm going to commend you and Chris and, you know, you and Jessica, like all three of you guys, in being that source of strength and, and as her mother, father, and a father figure, because I think that that's one of the reasons what got her through this was because you guys were just that consistent source of love, strength, and stability that she needed in order to be able to get through this. So... You were at the hospital when they, the oncologist came in. Yes. So. I want I want to know kind of like, what was your response? Were were you when when you heard the word cancer? When you heard you know kidney cancer? When you heard that chemo the words of chemotherapy or treatment or whatever? I mean, were you looking at the floor? Were you looking at Jessica? Were your eyes closed? Were you bawling your head out? Were you mad? I mean, what, what kind of if you can kind of take me back to that moment? What were you thinking? What were you seeing? And where was your head? Because I can only imagine. I can't even imagine what I would do, be like. Um, if I remember correctly, um, the ER doctor had came in and indicated that they were going to send in a specialist and an oncologist to talk to us. Um, it was at that point in time, so Jessica and Aria were sitting on the bed. Aria didn't really want anybody else around her, and um, and that was, um, and so we, you know, I respected that. Um, I, had, I, I had previously went and got her, like, a cookie and, and some coloring and stuff like that because I knew we'd be there for a while. Um, I sat in the chair. There's In the ER room, there's the bed kind of center, and then you have two chairs off to the side. After they had told us that we were going to have to speak to a specialist, um, it was at that point Jessica had contacted Chris to have him come up to the hospital. Um, and we waited um, all together. Chris was sitting in the chair next to me for the oncologist to come in. Um, 
when the oncologist came in. Were you guys in. quiet? Are you talking amongst yourselves? Were you just, we, what's going on? <laughs> uh, if you could cut tension. Right. I'm sure. Yeah, it was, it was, it was very well, fear. I mean, if it, anybody would be feeling it. It was... It, I mean, that that, would, that's a, that sounds worse than waiting for your, uh, I mean, uh, the dreaded DMV. You know, yeah. it's like sitting there between the time an, an emergency doctor comes in and says, "We're gonna have to have you guys see a specialist and an oncologist. They'll be here shortly." And then from that point on, it's like the time is ticking. Like, oh, okay. It honestly feels a lot more. I, it, as as weird as it sounds, it feels a lot more dark, darker than that, um, because everybody has a preconceived notion as to you know, saying cancer, oh, I'm, I've been diagnosed with cancer, or oh, somebody's been diagnosed with cancer, they almost feel like that that's their punch-out ticket mm. um, to life. You know, there's nothing, they're, they're, at that like point, it's, it's done, right. you know. And so prior to talking to anybody, you almost have that, that, that notion in the back of your head saying, great, um, you know, what do we start preparing ourselves for? You know, you don't prepare for the fact that you have maybe the next three years, four years, or six years, or maybe even beating it. You start preparing for almost worst case scenario as it's a punch out. You know, what do right. what do we start mentally preparing ourselves for? It, which is crazy because you think about that. None of you guys went in there thinking you would be feeling that at the end of the night. No. You know, and so it's like you go in there and thinking you got, you know, the very, the worst, at the very worst, appendicitis, the very best, as your food poisoning or something, stomach bug, something that'll go away in 24 hours. And then all of a sudden, now we got the case of getting oncologist. You're right. That would be anybody's first thoughts. Like, you know, uh, I got to start preparing myself for to, to lose her. And, yeah. and, and you got to fight that because at the same time, you know that there's options. You know that she's still young, but you're right. Naturally thinking, you know, I gotta start preparing myself for the worst case scenario, and you know, I, yeah. So carry on. So. I I don't know. I I can't speak for for what was going through the minds of Chris and and Jessica. I can tell you that it was very hard for me to not think that way, um, just because I had I had previously lost uh I had lost my grandmother. Um, yeah, with that same year, wasn't it? Yeah. To cancer. Yeah. So she had lung cancer. Um, and she had chosen not to fight. Right. Um, so at that point in time, it made, it made things a lot more difficult. Um, so not only did she lose to, to lung cancer, but she also lost the kidney problems. Mm -hmm. Ultimately, what took my grandma's life was her, her, her kidney failure. Um, and so then it just kind of put it that much more into perspective when the oncologist comes in and says that Aria's kidney's gone. Mm -hmm. And engulfed in this in this monstrosity well, right. of it's disease. It's all of a sudden naturally you are even even though it doesn't make sense now. You know, really four or five years later, looking back, you're like, you know, so you know, like like your grandma, being when she was in her late seventies, you know, had lived, you know, for a lot to all intents and purposes, a full life. Right. I mean, obviously, we would would have wanted her to live much longer. But, you know, when you compare that to a four-year-old who literally, I mean, to a 70, 60, you know, even some of my age, 40 years old, nobody wants to hear the word cancer, but it's like one of those things where, you know, that is not uncommon. And right. But for a four-year-old, it's very uncommon. It, unfortunately, however, is still too common 
and I will continue that to say that we need to find ways to fight pediatric cancer at every step of the way. And, and so that's kind of a nice segue to find somebody, find an organization to donate to, to help, to find ways to, because no child, no family should have to be going through the things that you're hearing CG and Jessica talk about on this time. Okay, so you're right. You can cut the tension with, I mean, literally with a knife, and maybe not even with a chainsaw. <laughs> um, you, you know, and then the doctor finally comes in, expresses to you kind of what Jessica, like Jessica talked about, that Aria's kidneys basically gone. She has kidney cancer. We're, but here is the treatment. Right. Here, here is what we're going to do. Did that relieve you at all? So the there was a there was a statement made by Doctor Othman that the type of cancer that Aria had had a very successful cure. Rate. Yeah, Jessica said the same thing, right? At that point in time, at that statement, right? Although. My heart was breaking inside. I felt a bit of relief in the fact that this is very, the end goal is obtainable mm -hmm. and that Aria is going to continue on and live a full was life. Was there a part of you, however, because you had already known Aria and, and, you know, just seeing her obviously not having to face something that's of this magnitude yet, but there had to have been at least a little bit of hope in you in, in knowing that if any kid can fight this, it's Aria. It, Yes, um, there was definitely there. There was she's always had a strength to her. Yeah, um, sometimes, sometimes stubborn strength. Somebody it, would say. And r regardless, but, it, it's yeah. almost in that instance that you need that stubborn strength. Yep, I agree. Um, if there's any time to have a stubborn strength, it is when you are fighting <laughs> yeah. something like this, that. I tell that to my wife all the time. Like the times that eyes on my daughter's really stubborn or you know set in her ways, or I'm like at one time and someday in the future this is gonna be a really good attribute but for right now i need you to pay attention to listen <laughs> right. right so I, yeah so you you'd asked me you know kind of what was going on what was happening in the room was i comforting was i looking at the floor i was looking at the doctor um and then i would look and i'd look at jessica looking at the doctor i'd turn and i'd look at chris looking at the doctor and I see Aria laying on the bed, just kind of oblivious to everything. Of course, right. And, man, there's nothing in the world that you can say yeah. or do in that moment that the doctor leaves the room. Because it was just silence. Yeah, like, what, 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 what exactly you, right. You don't... And in and in my position, I I had to I had to be super mindful of what I said yeah. or 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 something like that because yeah because you didn't necessarily have to be there. I mean, you had to be there because you wanted to be there because your relationship with Jessica. But what I'm saying is, is that you chose to be there, right? You know. For the right, and, and you, in other words, you you would be a bleep if you weren't there, <laughs> right? But you chose to be there regardless, <laughs> right? So it was it was very much just us kind of sitting in silence for for a little bit and 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 really soaking it in, um, and then I felt I felt more inclined, if anything, to make sure that. What, with whatever ounce of ability that I had to keep things 
on the positive side as much as possible when conversation that was started. Your, that was your thought from the beginning. That was that was that was me from the beginning. Would you say that that is kind of you kind of attribute that to being one of your roles, one of the reasons why God puts you in this situation in this family and in, in, in her in Arya's life and Jessica's life, which is kind of to be, you know, a source of I mean, strength, yeah. But I think that we all had we all kind of had our own ways of feeling the gaps of strength when others are feeling weak. But in your specific incident that you're talking about, it's a source of positivity, which is kind of ironic you say that because. You know, when you immediately go to thinking about the worst case scenario and your your grandmother and all that, for you to turn around and say, "But I'm here for a source of positivity," you can see the irony in that, right? You know, and it's like, and do you think that that a lot of that's because you had already experienced with your grandmother that that the toughness because you were so close to your grandma, and now. You know, you don't want to have to go through that with Arya, so you're going to just fight and be that source of of positivity for her, so she doesn't. So she has the very, very, very best possibility to not succumb to the disease. The moments that we realize that we have lost, we give up as humans. Yeah, and so if if we if 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 we go into it thinking we've already lost. Then we wouldn't have had the years. You're after. right. Nobody, nobody stays at the at the beginning of a, of a of a of a track race or a car race, immediately assuming and thinking they're going to lose. Like everybody at that starting line, already has already pictured themselves winning before they even got to the track. Right. And you're absolutely right. And so, without that positivity, without a role of positivity, whether that would have been Jessica trying to be the positive one, Chris being the positive one, uh, or even Aria being the positive one. Uh, you know, there, there, ha- we would have lost earlier, and that could not happen. Mm. And if at all possible, I was going to do everything in my power to make sure that that little girl stayed alive. Okay, so let's talk about that then. I want to kind of talk about what was your role. I mean, cause I think it's one of those things where, with with Jessica, you know, she's already expressed and talked, and again, she talked actually about Chris's role, and, and not only being the the father to Arya to fill the gaps and, and as needed. But also, he was the one who really wanted one of his many ob- obligations and duties and responsibilities as a, as a job, uh, as as for Arya, was to he literally work his butt off to maintain insurance coverage and providing and things like that, like a father would do, amongst being a social strength for his daughter. I want to kind of know where you saw your role, because I think that's unique and kind of like I've already said it, is that... At that point, all of a sudden, this, the, your girlfriend, okay, for all for, right, so you know, somebody you're in a committed relationship, their daughter is now have has a, has a disease, you know, that a, a possibly terminal disease, and you could have in some people's minds, and not in your mind, in John Jessica's mind, not in Chris's mind, not even my mind, but in some people's minds, they would have said, you know, dude, you're full within your rights, you don't have to stick around. You're right. You don't. You don't have to witness this if this is too heavy for you because you know but yet you made a decision to what what kind of what was your motivation what was your motivation to be like well i'm here and i'm not going anywhere if if there was a time for me to leave it was prior to the diagnosis right um it was it was it was it would have been prior to that because the minute that the diagnosis hit 
that's when I knew that my love for my future spouse and my love for that little girl could not have gotten any stronger. So in other words, what you're saying is at that point, the bond was permanent. Yes. There was no, there was no breaking it. If I broke it at that point, believe me, everybody you know, listening to the podcast right. would probably be all like, have a few choice words for yeah, what I would have been as a person. Been, right. Exactly. <laughs> but like, but I'm saying is that you're, you're exactly right. And, and, but that wasn't your only motivation for sticking around. Your only motivation was sticking around. wasn't just because it would look bad. It's because you had truly created that unit unity, uh, with, with, with Aria, you loved her as a, as like a daughter and you also knew that, you know, and it just from my perception from the outside looking in that you were going to also be there for Jessica, you know, yeah. for the times that she needed, you know, cause she's going to be giving, you know, and you didn't really know this. None of us really knew this at the time. And when this, when we were on the story, but there's going to be times in the future where she was going to be so empty but at the end of the day because she gave so much to Arya that she was going to need a source of strength and a source of love and a source of inspiration a source of of, of, of stability and you know I, I really saw that in you and, and you, know, you and I would go and work out and you know or hang out or do things together and, and, and you were consistently trying to you just telling me of ways that um, you know that, that you were trying to be a source of strength, you know, stability for Jessica. And I know that's difficult, uh, you know, especially because you had not at that point in time really had a lot of relationships. Right. You know, um, just and so now all of a sudden you're having to be in a grown up relationship and not necessarily even be called grown up yourself. I mean, you're still in your early 20s. Yeah. And here you are with this with, with you know, now with with this. uh Heaviness, and so I, mean, I want to commend you. I want to commend you for now the sticking around, not just because it was the right thing, but because you chose to. Because you're like, hey, live, we're gonna we're gonna do this. We're gonna fight, and there's a plan, and we're gonna see it all the way to the very end. Yeah, and you, and you did that. Uh, yeah, I whatever whatever I could do, and it, and there were a lot of times where I felt completely helpless, um, like I couldn't help. Uh, my my wife in any way shape or form because it was there there are things that everybody has to go through on their own um, and they have to deal with on their own and so I can be there uh, as a shoulder to cry on I could be there as a as a support beam I could be there as a punching bag if if need be and I was and I and I would gladly accept that role all over again if I needed to um if put in the same situation, there wouldn't be a question in my mind that I wow. would do it all over again. Yeah, without a without a doubt. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's always interesting, man. About people's about some of the hardest times in people's lives is generally at the end of it. Most people have that perspective, you know, knowing the end result, knowing the impact that it would have on my life and for the lives of those who was involved. Um. Yeah, like if I had to do it all over again, I would do it all over. I would do it just because there is just a, 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 a you kind of kind of get to where there's just a ma- like there's a matter of importance. There's a you you you've you've come out of this. I mean, the, our life, you know, I, I've always said people say, "Well, I want wisdom." Well, the only way to gain wisdom is by experience. Right. And I would guarantee that if I were to ask you, in fact, I'll go and ask you, would you say that you are? a different person now than you were even four or five years ago. Absolutely. And uh, yeah. And do you think that in a lot of ways that, that the situation with Aria helped you to 
I guess let me ask you this: how did it how did it help you look at life differently? It made me grow up. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, I guess explain <laughs> that to people. Like, what me does that mean? Up. Like, uh, I guess how, how, when you say grow up, I'm not just saying we're not just talking about age here, but like, what was the CJ prior to diagnosis like versus the CJ now? You know, married and having to suffer even the loss of of a, of a you know we'll say of a child you know a subchild a child you know and then of course you know being married to a mother who lost their child uh, you know that definitely will make anybody grow up or become you know a loser which you're not you made the chance you made the choice to grow up to be better because of it so I guess it kind of help us to un- and see what the difference is so. Prior to prior to diagnosis, there was uh, you know a lot of inconsistencies within my life. Um, it, you know, not finishing high school, um, not being able to really keep a, a, a steady job and, and things like that. The the one consistency that w- that was there was Jessica. Um, she helped me um, through. Uh, going and getting my GED, um, starting college, um, things. She helped me realize that I that I was that there was a more fulfilling purpose within my life than what was being accomplished at that point in time. And so, I I can't thank her enough for what she did for me. And and so with that consistency, became. A, a different me. Uh, it, it became a there, there became a focus point, something to truly focus on and and realize that there is something and somebody that cares about you as much as you care about them and you can put your full attention and full heart into and making things better within somebody else's life. All right, so let me ask you this, Ben. Like if if you were to let's say somebody's listening now and they're in a relationship with somebody and that particular person is going through something super serious, super heavy, and they have a choice to make. They can either ride it out with that person and create and, and be there, be present, or they can go, you know, on their own way. Right. You know, what, what, what would you say to them? How would you help them to, because you can't make the decision for them. I'm not asking you to do that. I'm not asking you to tell them to go one way or the other. But what I am asking you is what are some things that, that can help them to put things in perspective to help them make the right choice for themselves? I would I would first ask them what that person means to them. What is What is the significance? What do you see yourself doing in the future? Do you see yourself marrying this person? Um, if so, then by all means stay. So you're basically what you're saying is, are you able to commit yourself even without yeah. even like, let's say even without a, a preacher and a, and a, and a rings and a, in a, in ceremony at this point, you're basically saying I'm with you. We may not have the ceremony yet. And may I may not even ask you to marry me yet, but I understand that I'm committing myself to you and the circumstances that you're in. Right. And I think you're absolutely right. You have to ask yourself that. Are you willing to give of yourself for that? There's you at that point in time have relinquished any rights to, to, to 
either to your own plans, right? right. You, what you wanted in life no longer matters. Right. If you if, you've, to go down if that you're road, cho- right. if you're choosing that path, if you're choosing somebody that you love and care about, and wanting to make sure that their life ends up just as happy as yours, you relinquish everything that you had planned prior for that person. Was it worth it to you? Well, I guess you know what you've already said that. It is 100% worth it. What made it worth it? The love that I got out of it. The for, love from, from Aria, from, from Jessica. Aria, from Jessica. Um, the strength that I got out of it. Um, like, yeah, the wisdom, I guess. Wis- the- I mean, I don't know too many. I, I, matter of fact, I don't think that I really know anybody at all who can say at 22, 23... That they were watching a child slowly. Right. Not just watching, but being a father figure. Right, too. right. Just just kind of go through this painful process. Um, you know, I have a lot of friends that, that had kids at a young age and stuff like that that are, um, that are pretty close to Aiden's age now. And they're kind of living, you know, quote unquote happy lives, I guess. Um, that you would see what you would face value see on on facebook and social media um and i and i've stayed very private with my life uh after high school um and so my even even to this day i don't have very many friends um you know jessica is for all and for all intents and purposes my best friend um and she's somebody that i can i can go to whether i'm upset or i'm hurt or uh or i'm happy and we can just make things work um it's a it's a weird connection would you say that you and jessica i mean interrupt you man but would you say that you and jessica have an idea now basically we've gone through what is most likely going to be the hardest part of our own lives what you know at this point kind of like what can't we get through together there that i mean that's that's been our mentality uh almost since day one i would say at least my mentality i know i know later on we had talked more in depth about that between her and i but my mentality going you know going into this from the diagnosis on was there is nothing in the world that I can't get through if I can't get through this with with this with this woman. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I can help this woman get through probably the difficult, most difficult time in her life, uh, and I can get through it too, then I know a hundred percent, without a shadow of a doubt, that it's meant to be. And there is nothing that could that could come in between that you know i remember i remember it's actually you may not even remember this but i remember before our diagnosis i think it was really before you guys were even kind of committed i mean i think that you guys were kind of off and on for the first year or two of your relationship and i remember asking you like what is it about jessica why why do you keep you know fighting for it even though it's it's rocky sometimes. <laughs> you guys, you know, we're going through just growing pains, you know, kind of relating together. Because there was a, a bit of an age gap. There was a bit of a generation gap because she had already been married, had kids, and you were just basically fresh out of, uh, you know, getting your you know, GED and kind of learning your, your, your ways and kind of getting your own, uh, your green in life, just so to speak. So there's definitely some challenges there between the two of you. And, and so... 
I remember asking you, like, what is it about Jessica? Like, why do you keep fighting for a relationship that, at the time, I I didn't even see how he was going to work? I and mean, I'll be honest with you, and that's not a surprise to you or Jessica. You've right. heard me say that before. Like, you know, I don't know how you guys are going to work together because it seems like it's so difficult. Of course, now, looking back, you know, I it will eat that crow loudly because, obviously... God had bigger plans because you were so important to her and she was so important to you to be involved in this, this, you know, life changing circumstance that covers our conversation here. But you told me, you said, Sean, I don't know what it is. And I don't know how, and I don't know why, but deep inside of me, I know that I know that I know that Jessica and I are not only supposed to be together, but she's in my life for a purpose. Yeah. And I'm in her life for a purpose. I will to this day say that that is a hundred percent true yeah i i still can't tell you uh a matter of fact my my wife will look at me several times uh you know through through our relationship and things like that and ask me what is it and i can't answer there is there is no you can you can have the general answers when you're dating somebody oh i love you you're smart you're beautiful all of these weird things but ultimately what what chooses that love is something that can't be explained uh you don't you can't explain why you can explain some of the things you know that you fell in love with about that person but you can't explain in words and you can't articulate the fact that you would be willing to die for that person you, you really can't. You can and in say a way, you kind of did. I mean, let's look at it this way. I mean, I don't try. I'm not trying to get all macabre here, but I'm saying that in a way you kind of did. Like when you chose again, you may not quote unquote had a choice. We really had a choice. But you, when you laid down and gave your quote unquote life to Jessica mm-hmm. and to Aria, and ultimately the rest of the family, you were in a sense. I hate that I don't want to use the word dying because you didn't because you now have lived a life beyond most people's lives just in, you know just even before 30 but yet you were giving up you know what most people think is the quote best times of my life <laughs> you know I'm in my 20s I can go date around I can go to college I can go move anywhere I want I can you know I, I, the world is my oyster that kind of deal and you're saying no like I choose you yeah, all of those things. Yeah, so they may be good for other people, but that's not what I want. What I want is to be here for you, is to be here for Aria, to see this through to the end, and then some. Absolutely, because I think that's you know you guys obviously have a child now. We heard all, we heard James <laughs> through the entire podcast, the first two podcasts. Uh, everyone's been introduced. He's also been a guest of the show. <laughs> but you know, I think that when you're looking, especially in his eyes now, it's almost like. It's just, it, I don't want to say completion because there's still so much life for you guys to live together, but it's just a reward for the endurance and the, the toughest, difficult times of your life. That even though we didn't have a choice to keep Arya on this earth, God still found a way to bless us, even though we had to suffer a loss. Yes. Um, there's a uh, man, I wish I could remember the scripture. Uh, I think it's in Psalms. There's a there. There's a scripture that indicates that um, that God will not take without replacing. Mm. And 
Jessica had uh, had showed that to me. Um, gosh, what was it? it was on Facebook because um, another little boy um, that that a lot of listeners may know about, uh, Team Blake. Uh, he was across the room from Aria a lot of the times, and he had passed away um, prior to to Aria and. Uh, his mother Jacqueline had posted that and I and at the time I was like man that is really interesting um, because they had just found out um, that they were pregnant with a with another child and it, and, it, and it really didn't hit home for me until Jessica had indicated to me that she was pregnant mm. and then all of this started happening and I was like man it this it really hits at home that you know if if you ever feel like God is taking something away from you know a hundred percent without a doubt that he is not doing it without the intentions of putting something in its place you're absolutely right Uh, I just I found the scripture I think it's Deuteronomy 33 30 verse 3 then the Lord your God will restore your fortunes and have compassion on you and gather you again from all the nations where he scattered you, even if you've been banished to the most distant land under the heavens. From there, the Lord your God will gather you and bring your back. You probably did feel like you were scattered all across the land. Does that sound like the right scripture? Uh, no, but no? that even, I mean, that would, and that works too. <laughs> that works too. I mean, yeah. I, uh, if it, well, I think it's just a matter of just, I think that the bottom line is that God will replace that, which you is lost that, that, yeah. that they would, when you feel scattered, when you feel literally, I think about it, that's kind of what you guys did really feel like, like you just lost, like you, you, you know, it's like you are completely void of, of any direction and, and, and God will pull and bring you back together and, and he'll, you know, he'll replace that, which was taken from you. Now it may not be how you want it or how you originally intendedly wanted it, you know, or even how you think it ought to be, but God was always merciful and always will, will, will bring grace to you in the midst of suffering. There's a, there's a piece that you get when you when you realize that you're not going through something alone right whether that be um whether you whether you believe in god or not and you have somebody there just to say i'm here with you right you're right there's a peace in it um and knowing that you know that we were believers and stuff like that there was just an, an even there was an even bigger peace of mind in knowing that regardless of the outcome there's a reason behind it mm. and and that was and do you think in some ways you're still trying to find the reason i mean i think that's reasonable to that i'm always looking for a reason yeah I, you don't i think yeah because you, you can't get settled because i think that she and i, and I bet you there's lives that arius has need they don't even know her name that that story and that story that's one of the reasons why i put this podcast out there with you and with jessica and we'll continue to talk to jessica later on is just because people need to hear her story people need to hear that 
in the midst of the most trying, difficult times of our lives, even for a four or five year old, we can still get up every morning, put our boots on, go to work, you know, proverbially speaking, basically just saying that there's, 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 there's reason with still, as long as there's breath in our lungs and the sun is still shining, we can still get to work and do good things. If, if you can find a, a, a better reason to, to not do something, then and argue a point uh, by all means i'd be i'd be all ears to listen because to me i don't think that there is anything in this life that any of us will will go through that is as 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 tough as is deteriorating as a four-year-old going through cancer and still get up screaming kicking hollering having fun and living life like it's no big deal i am i'll be the first person and jessica will say the same thing i'm the biggest baby when it comes to being sick i really am i don't want to do anything i do i do it's 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 (laughs) man it's pretty bad (laughs) i'd be like don't touch me i just want to be curled up in bed but man ever since the diagnosis i feel about the most weakest person in the room mm. if i even think that that's what i'm gonna do because Those a four, a four year right. old fought cancer right I'm, i can get through this cold i'm, I'm fighting a cold <laughs> like come on now right well i think that's exactly right and believe me that, that, that's i've had those same thoughts like listen if ari can do it then i i can do it i mean i and and, and i think that that and she would get on it for you too she'd be like yeah you better you better do this and that i think that was a wonderful she'd daughter. be the first one to tell me go to work yeah <laughs> did she ever tell you that go to work? oh yeah a lot yeah she, no cj go to work go to work yep and then when i'd go to buy something because I, I love good deals. Nope, you can't buy it. She was she was more of a stickler with my money than Jessica is with a stickler <laughs> with my money. Because Jessica will be the first person to tell me, no, you don't you don't need that right now. Yeah. Uh, and if I go to buy something, I'd look at Ari and I'd go, let's not tell mom. Right. And she'd go, no, 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 put it up. You can't buy that. That's funny. And so, and and all you know, she was. She was almost a voice of reason, uh, in the you would you would think that the positivity and stuff like that would come from from outsiders, you know, saying, "Oh, you guys got this." But it was actually Aria who really gave everybody else strength. Isn't that crazy? I mean, most people wouldn't think so, but you're right. That was, I agree with that. She was the most. She was the source of strength for the situation. She was. The victim, quote yeah, unquote, she, of. She was going through it, but she was the one providing the strength. She was pr- the one providing the smiles all of mm-hmm. the time. Uh, it, it's funny, the, the oncologist told us during the treatment plan that we needed to expect her to to start getting sick, to really not be herself anymore, um, that, that things were going to, you know, get get bleak before they got better and man i don't remember a time there were times where she was sick but even when she was sick there were she didn't want to stop playing right she didn't want to stop smiling i'm sure you had your worst days and than better days you had your occasional bad days but you're right i think even those bad days 
it wasn't like she was just going to let it overtake her day. She was still going to find a way to, you know, to, to, to still enjoy herself and still enjoy the life. Her day was going to be good no matter what. Yeah. Whether she was going to the bathroom five times a day to, to, to vomit because of the, the medicine or, or, or she was just, she felt like she just couldn't walk. She, it was on those days that I felt like I needed to be mm-hmm. the strongest because I was carrying her. She wanted to do something. I was carrying her. We were making it happen. Wow. I would make sure you were literally carrying. I would. I would. Yeah. It, and she was not the lightest girl to carry. Let me tell you, <laughs> um, 50 pounds walking, right, walking around <laughs> Walmart and stuff. You, you gain some strength real quick. Um, and now I try to pick up 20 pound James and I'm like, geez, you're too heavy. <laughs> Um, but it, 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 you don't know the strength that you have until you're pushed, right. until you're pushed to the point that you have to use that. Yeah, that's strength. what Jessica said. Jessica's like, I asked her, I'm like, where do you find the strength? You know, where did you get it? And she goes, you don't have a choice. Yeah. You just, you just do. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's funny. I, I, I grew up watching a lot of, I'm, I'm a big superhero fanatic and, um, and so you 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 watch superheroes, and I think the most the one that most resonated with me in this entire situation was um, the old '70s Incredible Hulk TV show. Um, the the pilot episode uh, shows you know a doctor who loses somebody that he loves and that he cares about, but for the life of him, he can't come up with the strength to save her. Mm. As much as he wants to, he can't save her. He's trying everything that he possibly can. And then, so he goes on this on this journey to learn how people in other search situations and similar circumstances finds the strength, the, this inner strength to just do these to things, deep, right. to dig deep and to, to be able to, to, to say, I saved that person. I had the strength to do it. And he just can't comprehend why somebody else could do it. And he can't. Mm. And it, it's a very resonating story because I can't comprehend to the life of me how my wife could lose a child while growing a child. Right. I can't comprehend how a child can get up and walk around and fight something that's killing them. literally poison in her body that's trying to kill that's, the more that's poison. That's killing them. Right. I can't I I just you know and then I look at my own strength and I go what what strength do I actually have um you know because there's well I think I, t- I mean I think one of the strengths that I see I mean and I know you weren't pandering for an answer here but I think that is one of your strengths is just you have a, is, is just the commitment when when you know when you're faced with a dilemma to a problem to a circumstance you don't run away you know you you stick with it. And I think you get a lot of that from your dad. You know, your dad's the same way. You know, you don't ever turn down a challenge that you're responsible or you take on responsibility to, to fix. And I think that that's part of the, one of the reasons not only that you stayed, it wasn't just because you had to or you felt like you had to, but I think it's that you saw this as an opportunity to be a, a, a to fill a need and, and to be of a, to be of a help and to be, 
uh, to fill the gaps, I guess, you know, and among many other things. And I, and I did, I, you know, you, you mentioned that, you know, one of Chris's roles was to continue working and, and, and work all the time. I was working, I, I worked retail during this entire time or, or working night shift or, or something like that. So I had odd hours. So Jessica works a, a def- eight to four thirty shift uh, as a school teacher. Chris was working long twelve hour day shifts. So there there had to be somebody right um you know to 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 help to help in those times. And I thank God every day that I was I was given that opportunity mm-hmm. to do so. Um and I wouldn't again I wouldn't change it for anything in the world. The the time that I got to spend with her and 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 be around her is by far if i had to look back in almost 28 years of life through school through growing up that was probably one of the best times of my life Mm. was the times that i got to spend with this little girl laughing playing um and and just having somebody love you as much as you love them and seeing that in a way she chose to love you too you know well i didn't force her to that's for sure uh i I mean she there are times where i feel like i was the only one that could really talk to her um and i don't know how to explain that she would have uh she'd have breakdown moments and in that time, it was very frustrating for for Jessica and stuff like that. Jessica was already going through en- yeah. enough that you know to have a to have a, a five year old, a six year old break down and just go into kind of a fit like kids do. Mm-hmm. Kids have tantrums. Jessica's got enough on her plate, mm-hmm. so you know I would I would try to do whatever I could to to help that situation. I would tell Jessica, "Hey, don't worry about it. I got it." And Ari and I would work it out and talk it out. If she didn't want to talk, then she would. Then I would make her wait until she wanted to talk. Um, it wasn't something that I was willing to, because I knew at the end of the day, it's like punishing a child. You don't spank a child and then just leave it at spanking a child. You spank the child and you let them ponder on the fact that they got in trouble. And then you bring them back in and you talk to them about it. You understand, you, you try to help them understand, why did you do this? What was the repercussions? You know, I didn't enjoy doing that. I don't enjoy punishing right. you. I enjoy the the happy times that I get to spend with you. And it's almost a similar situation where you just, you know, you 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 punish them. But ultimately, if you know that the love is there from the child then you can do it without, uh, you know, it doesn't, it's not as hard for you to do it because you know that there's still going to be love there. And I think that in a way that's kind of the, the relationship that Ari and I had was that I I wasn't her, her, her quote unquote dad. Right. I wasn't her Her mom. Right. So for her to get mad at me, it, it, you know, as much as it did hurt, I could put on a facade that it didn't, and that would, was maybe a role yeah, that you would feel. I mean, I, I guess I could see that, that would almost that would that would almost hurt uh, you know make her feel worse, right. 
because she knew that there was so much love there that, you know, she couldn't break mm-hmm. me. Right. And I was doing it because I did love her. And at the end of the day, you know, after the fits, if I, if I needed to, you know, make her stay in a room or we would have to not do something fun because she chose to have a fit, she would still, at the end of the day, it was a hug and kiss goodnight. I love you and I'll see you tomorrow. And, and that was, I mean, that's still to this day, the best, the best experience that I've ever had in my life. I want to ask you something that I mean, I I will definitely ask Jessica. um, But as we close here, I want you to take me to your one, the very last encounter you had with Aria. If you don't mind, if it's too private, we can just close the show. No big deal. But if, it, if it's not private, you don't mind sharing, kind of take me to where literally she has hours to live. And I, I'm not trying to bear the lead here because we have a lot more to talk about with Jessica. Right. But everyone, by this time, everyone's understood that, that Ari did not make it. She ended up, did pass away. Right. So that's not necessarily spoiling anything. I think it's important maybe for people to hear what your last moments between you and her were like. So... I would have, I would do anything for Jessica, for Aiden, um, for Aria, for any, for anybody in the family. If they needed something, I would do it. And Aria needed me most uh, at that time. And it's, it's weird because I wasn't Jessica. She needed Jessica there all the time, so Jessica couldn't do things. Um, Jessica couldn't go, couldn't go get things, couldn't couldn't do anything. So if Aria needed something, it was CJ go go and do this. Yeah, because Jessica was literally and right Jessica, there supporting Jessica holding had her. Had to be there. Right, there, there was nobody her. else that no. that Aria wanted to be with. Right. But at the same time, Aria didn't want. There there were a lot of times where Aria never wanted me to leave the room. Um, she needed me to stay there too. Uh, she wanted me to hold her hand and, and things like that within the last, uh, I would, I would say within the last 24 hours, the, that was probably the, the hardest time for me because Aria insisted that she really didn't want a whole lot to eat, um, for, for the day. Um, but she, uh, she finally got to a point where, she 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 had pulled me over and she said I want I want an ice cream sandwich from Dairy Queen. I said okay, I'm on I'm I'm on it. I'm I'll go get it. And so uh, I left. I went to Dairy Queen. I said I need one ice cream sandwich. Matter of fact, I didn't even do just one ice cream sandwich. Uh, I think I bought a box of ice cream sandwiches. Yeah. Uh, I just I went I went above and beyond uh, because it wasn't enough that I could give her because I. I knew it. I didn't want to admit it, but it was inevitable. But I knew right. that it was happening um, because I saw I, I I had seen the same the same look in in my grandma's face and in her eyes as I saw with uh, with Aria. So my uh, my last moments 
with Arya got to be I got to I got to be the one to feed her her last meal because she didn't want anybody else to do it. Mm. She wanted me to feed her the ice cream sandwich. And so I sat on the floor while she laid on the couch and we shared an ice cream sandwich. Wow. And I helped her to bed that night. She actually um I slept out in the out in the living room because it was a lot Easy. It was a lot easier for for Jessica to to be in the in the bedroom, and so Aria just slept in my spot, uh, in the bed, and I slept out in the living room. If they needed anything, they could holler, and I'd be there in a heartbeat. I was just down the hall, um, so I I walked her into the bedroom. I uh, helped tucked her in like I do every night. I gave her a hug, gave her a kiss. I said I love you, and I'll see you in the morning. Sweet dreams. And, uh, every night prior to that, it's the weirdest thing. Every night prior to that, I was, I was told that I had to, to, to give mom a kiss goodnight and I had to give baby James a kiss goodnight who had not been born at that point in time. So I needed to kiss Jessica's stomach every night prior to that. And she, this night she didn't, she didn't, she didn't tell me to do it. And so I gave Jessica a kiss goodnight and I, and I left the room. Jessica tells me the next morning that the reason why I didn't do it was because Arya said goodnight to baby James. And that was that was my last interaction. Wow. Because I would not know within the next nine hours that I wouldn't get to hear her voice again. And it, it was it was hard. It was, it was the hardest. I've never in my life cried as much as I did that day. And I never will again. I, there, there won't be a situation where I will cry the same way that I cried the day that she passed away. It just, it's not going to happen. Man, thanks for sharing that, dude. Because you're right, it's heavy. Um, because it's like almost all, all the hard work and all the perseverance that they, and, and all the blood, sweat and tears literally that has happened. Now we're at the end of the road. Yeah. And it's bittersweet because you, you don't want her to have to suffer anymore, but you don't want to lose her. And what a special moment that was just between the two of you. Just you were fulfilling you, you know, like that you could not do, you couldn't take the cancer away. You couldn't take the pain away. You couldn't take death away, but you could go get an ice cream sandwich. Yeah. And you could say goodnight to her. You could just be there right in front of her and show her love, man. And she loved you for that. You know that she, you know, she saw you as not just CJ but as somebody who loved her just as much as her mom and dad. And you need to hear that, man. Like, you need to hear, like, from an outside point of view. She's not here to tell you. But from my point of view and Jasmine and Rachel's point of view, you were meant to be there. You're meant to fill that gap because she was your child. I mean, adopted 
with even though the law didn't say it, you were still in your heart had adopted her. Mm-hmm. Just like God adopts us. So I really appreciate you, man. Thanks for sharing this. Absolutely. Thanks for having me here. All right, guys. So um, as we wrap up, uh, we'll be continuing this with Jessica. Um, I believe next week. I think I'm going to get Jessica in tomorrow to record some more. So just just stay tuned, guys. This, this is a story that I think needs to be shared. And it's just one of those things, yes, it's tough to hear about. It's tough to even talk about. I think it's even tougher to talk about, you know, because I'm, I'm even gaining new things and hearing things that I didn't even know as I'm talking to my friends here about the circumstance. But, guys, just hang in there. Just stay, stay with us and, and let this be something that just helps us to grow and to love one another more. Uh, a couple things, hit, hit me up at thisislifepod at gmail.com if you have any questions for the show. Make sure you leave us a review on iTunes so we can get the word out to as many people. And other than that, guys, have a wonderful day. God bless you guys. Aloha and mahalo. Mahalo. <laughs>